investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 38 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So interesting times at the moment within the property market, it's certainly ever-changing. The supply levels throughout the winter this year have been um, very, very quiet. There really hasn't been a huge amount of choice around. Buyer numbers have been okay without being great, but um, what this has meant has been that the market has been relatively stable, um, surprisingly, given the interest rate rises that we've been experiencing. But this is unlikely to probably remain throughout the spring as the supply really starts to pick up. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the quality of stock will, but the supply will pick up. The clearance rate is absolutely likely to start to drop off. And what this will mean as a result is that um, we will start to see more pass-ins at auctions. So this can be a really difficult position for buyers to be placed in, particularly if they're not familiar with how a pass-in works. It can be quite confronting, uh, particularly when uh, a very experienced real estate agent or auctioneer comes up um, very confident and can be quite pushy um, in terms of their expectations on paying a reserve price. So what should you do and how should you handle this? So what I thought we'd do today is take a look at the pass-in process, um, tricks of the trade, what you can use to, um, to try and put things in your favour. So there's a couple of things first off to talk about around how was the property passed in. So was it passed in on a vendor bid? Was it passed in with only one bidder? Or was it passed in after multiple bids just not quite getting up high enough to reach the vendor's reserve price? So if we look at it from a vendor bid perspective, and I'll look at this from me being or us being the buyer, Allowing a property to pass in if you do have a genuine interest in that property on a vendor bid is a very risky strategy. It, it really opens up all parties to negotiate at the vendor's reserve. You've got absolutely no exclusivity to negotiate with the uh, with the auctioneer and the vendor. So it p- can potentially turn the process into a, um, a blind negotiation, particularly if there's other parties that are interested in the property. Uh, you very much run the risk of the agent going backwards and forwards, not necessarily declaring where they stand, and they've got every right to do that because they're because it's been passed in on the vendor bid. It lacks transparency, which is what you would be afforded if you'd bid during the auction process, and if you have it passed in to yourself, then you have the knowledge that you do have exclusive rights to, uh, to negotiate at the vendor's reserve. So typically what those that um, look at it from a vent or look at allowing a property to pass in on a vendor bid, it's probably more that you're being a little bit opportunistic with that property rather than say having fallen in love um, with a property to be a home. Um, I certainly wouldn't advise anyone to do that if you've fallen in love with a property to allow it to pass in on a vendor bid means that you run a serious risk of not being able to purchase that property. Now if it passes in on only one bidder, this is probably your ideal scenario if you're going to deal with a with a passing because it it means that um, everyone else has had an opportunity they haven't for whatever reason and if you've been prepared to put your hand up then the auctioneer is going to and the agent is going to deal with you exclusively it's unlikely that you'll face um, as much compet- or any competition you may so you can't um, assume that that will be the case but it's far less likely and there's a far less risk of agents referring to other bidders um, there's an understanding, or well, there's, there's an expectation, and that the ruling is that you will have exclusive rights at the vendor to negotiate at the vendor's reserve, but being very careful that legally, if you decline the vendor's reserve, then 
the auctioneer agent can go and speak to other parties. Now, generally in good faith, they'll negotiate with you up until a point where they can't come, where you can't come to an agreement. But just be mindful of that as well. But you are, it's generally, um, you are in a very good position from a negotiation point of view if you're the only person to put your hand up. Now, the third option is if a property passes in after multiple bids. Now, you're still in the box seat, particularly if it's been passed into you. Um, the gap between the price that the property's passed in at and the reserve price will more than likely be much smaller if there's been multiple bids. Um, but be, still be very careful with the negotiation because even though you may have had it passed into you and others have had the opportunity to increase their bidding, some people don't, but then afterwards get um, buyer's remorse and, and decide that they would be prepared to pay more. And so they can, if you've declined that reserve, um, agents may well go back to them. So don't just assume because it's passed into you that they won't go and talk to someone else. You need to keep a very close eye on that and make sure that you continue to negotiate, keep the dialogue open, don't shut things down so that you, uh, you are still putting yourself in the box seat to buy the property. It's a real balancing act um, and it can be risky if you push too hard. So just be mindful of that as well. Now, let's have a look at um, where a property passes in, in relation to the quote price. So obviously it can pass in at the bottom end um, or slightly below, but let's talk about being at the bottom end of the, of the quote. Um, so you then need to consider, well, how accurate was that quote? Was it realistic or perhaps was the, um, the agent and the vendor being a little bit too bullish and, and high on their expectations of what a property was worth? So you may need to little, give a little bit of ground, but if they were being um, too aggressive with their quote and it was too high, um, then you may well be in a pretty strong negotiating position because there's no one else standing around. Um, if it's passed in at the bottom end, chances are that there hasn't been like any other competition. So you can, uh, can really start to push back a bit harder. Now, if the property passes in around the midpoint of the quote, the first question to ask is how did we get here? So did we get here by there being one or two other parties that have put in a few bids, pushed it to the mid range and then no, no further, thanks very much? Or did we get there by an auctioneer putting in some, some higher vendor bids to push you up to that level. Now, if it's the former and there's been genuine bidding, well, that's generally an indication of where the market sees value and people are holding back. Now, that might be because, again, the quote was too high or there might be some um, compromises with the property that the market doesn't, doesn't like. And therefore, again, reasonably strong position. If, the, um, if we've got to that midpoint off the back of a, a, uh, a quite aggressive and strong vendor bid that the auctioneer's put in and then you've put in a bid over the top of that, um, be mindful that that can be a good indicator that there's not really a lot of other interest and the auctioneer is trying to start you from a higher base so that they can bridge the gap between the vendor's reserve and where the starting point for the negotiation is from your side of things. So you could be in a fairly strong position there too. So that's just something to be mindful of if the midpoint of the quote is where the property gets passed in. Now, if it passes in at the upper end or even in some circumstances above the quote, this is where you can really start to push back pretty hard because the market's clearly indicated that value is there. Their quote has been accurate. They've more than likely had a very successful campaign if they've got multiple bidders. And the... Uh, uh, quote price is reflective of market value. It's reflective of uh, the interest levels. So you can push back pretty hard and, and start to suggest ideas like, well, we didn't come here to pay over the odds. We've, we've come here in line with other parties uh, and therefore we feel our offer is, um, is at, the, at the right level. Now, you might still need to be uh, prepared to move a little bit further, but you are in a fairly strong position. Um, why do I need to pay more when we're at the top end of your range and everyone else has dropped out? 
Okay, so now let's just have a look at a few facts to remember about the uh, the passing process, rights and obligations from both the buyer's perspective, but also that the uh, auctioneer can utilise as well. One of the first things that will happen if a, if a property gets passed into you is, particularly when majority of auctions in uh, in Melbourne are out the front of, of properties, is that the auctioneer will invite you to come inside, sit down on the couch, um, and uh, and perhaps have a glass of water. First thing to do there is to p- politely decline. Um, you can f- retain far more privacy by staying out the front. You can, if needs be, go for a walk up the street, speak on the phone to a family or friend, um, or and there's no prying ears. You just don't know who might be listening where or what within a house. So staying out the front is is an absolute right and it's a good way to go. It also allows you to see who remains after the auction. So if there's been other parties that you've been bidding against, are they genuinely still interested or have they gotten in their cars and disappeared? Was the bulk of the crowd that was in attendance just neighbours and they've gone back into their houses? So that if it does pass in and you're out the front, any uh, a common tactic is an auctioneer going or agents going and talking to other parties out the front. If there's no one left, then you can look at the auctioneer and say, well, there's no one else here. I'm the only one standing out the front. You're in a much stronger position staying outside than you are by going inside. Then you also need to understand what your rights and obligations are. So if um, a property does pass in, as I mentioned earlier, on a vendor bid, you've got no rights. You've got no exclusivity, and the auctioneer has got every right to go and speak to any other party. So you do run the risk of it becoming that blind negotiation that I mentioned before. Whereas if you do put forward a bid and the property does pass in to you, then you've got exclusive rights to negotiate at the vendor's reserve. Now, if, the, uh, if you decline that, as I said earlier, the, legally, the auctioneer is allowed to go and talk to other parties, but most agents will give, in good faith, will give you at least 10 minutes, perhaps longer, particularly if the negotiation is going well, both parties are work, trying to work together to come to an agreement. If you, can, if you become belligerent and just stick to, to, your, stick to your figure and, and won't move at all, then there is a risk that they might start to look outside of you as an option of who to sell it to. So it's about reading the room, understanding what's going on at that auction so that you can then make your decisions as to whether or not you should or need to increase or whether or not um, no, you're happy to, for, to hold your ground or potentially walk away if that's, uh, if that's an option for you. Um, understand the quote price is, is a really important one as well. So obviously have conversations during the campaign prior to the auction with the agent. What's been the feedback? Where have others been thinking? What are the vendor's expectations? Are they in line with their quote price? Um, And the other thing that you can really get benefit around, um, and I've been critical on the podcast before about the statement of information, but you can actually use it to your advantage. If you understand the sales that the agents used to justify their quote, and as I've said before, sometimes that's to justify a low quote, um, but you can then use them back. So if that if those sales are, are used to justify their quote price, then you can put back and say, well, these are the three sales that you used to justify the quote. I'm just relying on what you gave me. So there's ways and means that you can work things to your advantage as well. Um, ask for the reserve price. Now, when you get that, they, which they will give to you, 
understand that it's highly likely that price is going to be inflated. Um, they need to build some fat in to try and get the, the negotiation to their, um, their vendor's ideal price. So there'll probably be a bit of fat there. So just bear that in mind before you start making any increases one way or the other um, in terms of your price if you decide to do that. Um, around the negotiation side of things, you need to have some form of strategy, but it really does depend on, as we said before, where the property passes in, at what price point, how it's passed in in terms of other bidders, um, who you're dealing with in terms of an agent, how have they been, are they being aggressive, pushy, or are, do they come across as trying to put a deal together? The other thing to do is not just focus on the price. That's a, obviously a big deal, and it's, some, it's the main part of what we're working on, but it's not the only tool you've got at your disposal from a negotiation perspective. You can you go back once the property's passed in, the terms that you've negotiated with the agent before um, the auction are then all up for grabs. So if you need to change the settlement, so the vendor perhaps wanted a longer settlement and you were able to get it a little bit shorter, but really you could work with a longer settlement, then if you concede ground on settlement terms, you might be able to hold firmer on your price and vice versa as well, if there's a, um, a settlement term that's really important to you. So don't just focus on the price in terms of your negotiation. Now, there's, there's different ways to approach it. You can really drag it out and, and, and drip, drip, drip in terms of your offer process and just grind um, all the way through. Sometimes you, it's good to give a, a, a fair bit early, and that might be because the property's passed in at such a low figure that it's never going to be sold at that. So if you give a bit early, it shows good faith, and then you can start to work in, and you might be able to crunch and, and grind a little bit harder towards the end of the negotiation. Now, the other side of it is whether to walk away. Now, depending upon the, the property and, and how much you love it, how much you need it, what the purpose of the purchase is, um, you've got to be careful around threatening to walk away because if you're going to threaten, you need to be prepared to follow through with it. Um, if you're not prepared to follow through, then it, it can come across as though you, you're really not um, strong in terms of your negotiation. So if you are threatening that, it's something that you need to be prepared to actually do. Otherwise, there's other wording and language that you can use um, to put pressure back on the auctioneer and the vendor. Okay, so today's case study that I wanted to, uh, or story that I wanted to talk to you about, is probably one of my favourites um, that we've put forward as part of the podcast. And it, uh, it's actually not from me. It comes from uh, my amazing former colleague who had a photo, photographic memory in Paul Nugent. Now, Paul used to love telling this story. Um, he attended an auction in Northcote uh, some years ago for a little house for a client. Um, and it was within a market that wasn't dissimilar to now. Things were starting to come off the boil, were slowing down. There wasn't the same level of urgency that had been there in the past. Um, and so coming into the auction, Paul did his usual thing and wandered through the property, taking in absolutely everything that was, was within the house. Um, and the auction was quite well attended, but it was very quiet. There wasn't a lot of um, action, not, certainly not a lot of participation from, from the crowd. Um, there was a vendor bid placed, um, and after some time, Paul decided to follow that up with a genuine bid. Um, and after a long time of the auctioneer trying to extract bids from other places within the crowd, and particularly from one buyer in um, one buyer specifically, he was unable to do that, and so the property was passed into Paul. So the auction the auctioneer swaggered over, and Paul, with his smirk on his face, um, asked for the reserve price. And when it was given, as Paul's was Paul's way. He flat out refused. I wasn't coming here to pay that. Um, I may as well leave now, all that sort of thing. And um, the auctioneer said, no, 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 Paul, come on, let's go. And so back and forward, they they worked 
um, to try and get a result, and it got to a point where they just could not get any, um, bridge the gap um, as much as they, as much as particularly the auctioneer was trying to do so. Um, so the agent threatened to go over the road and speak to this one party who'd remained 20 minutes after the auction uh, and start chatting to them because we clearly can't come to an agreement, Paul. And Paul looked at him with a, with a big smile and pointed out that the person that he was going over the road to have a chat to was in at least half a dozen photos inside the house. And so he therefore wasn't overly concerned with that person's interest levels um, and that he reminded the auctioneer that he would not be remo- moving his figures uh, any further, and then if they didn't come to an agreement, he would be uh, going and getting in his car and taking off. Within five minutes, the contract was signed up. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a very good story and, and one that I've heard a number of times over my time with uh, with Wakeland Property Advisory. Um, so that's about it for today. Thanks very much for joining me for episode 38 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, feel free uh, to uh, share the, prop, the podcast with family, friends, colleagues, anyone who might have an interest in property. Um, And if you would like further information, uh, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.